Welcome, teacher friend. I'm Lori. And I'm Melissa. We are two literacy educators in Baltimore. We want the best for all kids, and we know you do too. Our district recently adopted a new literacy curriculum, which meant a lot of change for everyone. Lori and I can't wait to keep learning about literacy with you today. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Melissa and Lori Love Literacy Podcast. This is Lori, even though I don't sound like Lori today. (laughs) Melissa, I'm so glad you're here with me. (laughs) Yeah, me too. So we are super excited today. We have Donna Heitmanick which I practiced saying, (laughs) and we're so excited. She's the administrator for a super popular Facebook group that Lori and I are on every single day, Um, The Science of Reading, What I Should Have Learned in College, which has 152,000 members across the globe, which is amazing. So cool. So Donna, welcome. We're so glad you're here today. Me too. What an honor to be asked. (laughs) So can you tell us a little bit about you? We want to hear about you. Before we hear about the Facebook group, just how did you get to the place you're at now? Uh, A lot of hard work, (laughs) 40 (laughs) plus five years of education. Um, You're a Facebook guru, right? Yeah, well, I I am now. (laughs) I didn't even know there were things called groups uh, until three years ago. So, um, yeah, so... um, I'm originally from Illinois. I lived there till I was 50. Um, I was an educator, special educator um, for 41 years when I retired. So a special educator. And then um, in the last eight years became a reading specialist Um, in the district I was in. They needed a title one person. So I joined that group and, um, had to go to school, which is a whole nother story because I realized I didn't learn what I was supposed to learn in college. Um, even back in 76 and back in 2013, it was the same thing. It was, it was just not adequate for the kids that we are charged with. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, which, which sent me on my journey to be an advocate, um, locally and i i was the president of the literacy task force of northern wisconsin <laughs> and um so yeah we we created um weekly uh, not weekly sorry we created yearly annual training that was 2 weeks long uh to teach kids with um dys- dyslexia and so it, it was open to parents teachers whoever was willing to do it and it was a pretty interesting course. The first week was the practicum. The first week was the instruction. The second week was the practicum. Um, and that we did that for, gosh, maybe seven years. And Marsha Henry, kind of a cute story, who lives, who lived on Madeline Island used to come down and be our instructor. I mean, how cool is that, right? <laughs> to have the guru of, um, of education come down and help us out. So, um, and then as, as time went on, I realized our state, Wisconsin, um, was not really serving the kids, the needs of the kids. And so I got involved legislatively and, um, and then when I retired, um, I had all these 
plans to travel. <laughs> I mean, and retire. And, and, yes. and really, like, retire, right? You know, like, you know, sipping my coffee on yeah. the deck and all that life. stuff. Right, enjoying life. And we actually did get a year. We did travel a little bit, and so that was great. And then um, after my first year off, um, I was at... I remember this very clearly. I was presenting, I was I was testifying for the Senate Education Committee and uh, trying to get some dyslexia legislation passed. And I remember, t- you know, telling the senators, I said, I'm going to write a book one day and it's going to be called The Science of Reading, what I should have learned in college, because <laughs> I, can, I can testify that we are not learning this in our colleges in Wisconsin. Um, and, and cause I just went through the, the reading certification program. So I am, I'm talking, I'm speaking the truth here. And I don't know, maybe a week or two later, I was on Facebook checking my personal Facebook and I'm, I'm, I'm like, what are these group things? So I, <laughs> I click on it. Right. And it's like, create a group. And I'm like, Hey, I'm going to create my science of reading. What I should learn in college <laughs> book, you know, on Facebook and, you know, then you go through the process, you're adding friends, and it took off. It just took off. So, so cool. And the rest is history. <laughs> I, I think one of the reasons that it took off is because of that name. I know that sounds like silly, but I think if you just mm-hmm. called it Science of Reading... I don't know. Maybe it would be just successful. I don't know. (laughs) But I know that's one of the things that drew it to me was that what I should have learned in college, because Lori and I talk about it all the time. I just saw Emily Hanford just had a Twitter thing going. I don't even, Mm -hmm. I don't know the lingo. (laughs) Thread, a thread. Right, right, right. (laughs) Where everyone was, everyone was talking about what they didn't learn in college and what they wish they had learned in college. So I, I'm wondering, like, I mean, you talked a little bit about it already, but if you have more to talk about with your own story of, you know, where that came from and how you see people reacting to that title. You know, I, I didn't realize, maybe I did subconsciously, but it's pretty snarky and it's pretty, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's kind of demeaning, but it wasn't meant to be. It's, it was, it was, it was actually developed and created out of frustration. Yeah. And, and I'm not alone in that frustration. And the, the truth is the truth. We are not learning what we need to learn in college. And even, um, you know, so I graduated in 76 and we knew what we knew then. Okay. But there is no excuse in, well, when I went to, for my reading, um, certification in 2013, there is no excuse that there's such a disconnect between what the science is telling us and what we're, we're learning. Basically my, um, my training in Wisconsin was reading recovery. It was a reading recovery, um, training. It it didn't say reading recovery, but that's what it was. So I spent $7,000 to get very ineffective training. And, um, but it serves me well, because I can speak the truth. And I can speak what I know, and what I've experienced. And I know that it's not being taught. The science is not being taught. So for that, maybe, you know, it wasn't a waste of money. (laughs) Right? 
Yeah. I get yeah. it. That's a very positive look at it. I, you have to be positive on these that things. That might be the nicest interpretation, the most generous way to interpret that. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, I responded to the thread with Emily Hanford put on, on Twitter because I have a friend right now who's in a reading program, right now. And she's being taught by primarily by teachers who are in the classroom who are teaching balanced literacy. They're specifically teaching unit yes. study. And, 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 and what, what happened, right. <laughs> and exactly. And the problem is, is that, um, even, even if we had good science of reading instruction at, at our, um, institutes of higher ed in our education programs, their field placement is often in a balanced literacy classroom. So right. it, everything is undone from what they've learned. Um, and it's a conflict for these teachers. You know, what do I follow? Do I follow what my, my supervising teachers telling me to do, or do I follow what I've been trained to do or vice versa? You know, and it's, it's, um, but we're seeing a lot more of that. And so here in Wisconsin, we're trying to build up our, uh, the knowledge base of our our higher ed folks. So I've started some dialogue with some universities and trying to get them to um, become this cohort. And we just chat and we just talk about things. And we talk to, um, I'm going to draw a blank on her name now, um, from St. Saint Joseph's and Amy Murdoch. Dr. Murdoch in St. Joseph's. So we, we consulted with her so she could share out what she's doing in Ohio. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, I'm trying to very diplomatically get this, this information out to our schools of ed. So, um, you know, it's, it's a long process. It's, um, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's, per, there's egos involved and there's personal beliefs involved. And so you have to, you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but on the other hand, you have to offer what the science is telling us. And so you, that you can't deny that. Um, and so it's, it's just a process. That's all I can say. Yeah. Sometimes Donna, I feel like some days I'm like, okay, I can be patient and take the stance of, you know, I understand that this we're all takes learning. Time. <laughs> yeah, and then some days I just get really angry and upset about it, and I'm like, "We should just need to do this right now for kids." And I, I, it's I, just I a know. constant back and forth. I'm wondering if you ever feel that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sunday. Okay, so when the <laughs> um, the uh, Lucy Calkins thing came out Sunday, yeah, the I New think York it was Times. Sunday. It might have been Saturday. I was just in a mood, <laughs> and it was not good, and I. It, because we have we have balanced literacy folks on our site, and I welcome them. I want them to be there. That's who it's mm-hmm. designed for. Um, but they still are holding on to their belief system and defending um, Lucy Calkins and her approach. Um, and it's in it. I. So I just, I just try to be very diplomatic, but it is, it's not easy. And I have to, I have to, um, set the example. So I can't, 
say what I'm really thinking, but <laughs> so I, I just try to be kind, uh, kind and respectful. Yeah. I'm wondering if we can dig in there a little bit, not, not at the article specifically, although we could, <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you know, I think one thing too, is that this term science of reading, people tend to have their own interpretations of Correct. or, mm-hmm. um, their own definitions. And I'm wondering like, from your end, you know, leading a group of 150,000 people <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to learn about the science of reading, mm-hmm. like, what do you see as what truly is science of reading and what are some of those myths or misinterpretations that you've seen? So um, I think people equate science of reading to phonics. It's just phonics. Yeah. And as we know, it's not just phonics. It's it's just a whole um, thing, rethinking of how you, how the brain learns to read and, and the best way to approach that. Um, it's also based on behaviors of children. It's not just about give them books and they're going to love to read. It's about direct instruction, right? Direct, systematic, um, sequential instruction. If if we just gave them books to read, wouldn't everybody be reading? I mean, right? I mean, if that if it was that easy, everyone would be reading. But that's not true because it's a it's a process that the brain has to go through um, and be provided with just the right foundation built upon itself to have outcomes of being able to decode and encode words. So. Even just the other day, I put up a post about should we change the title of our um, page to science of literacy? Because I was listening, I was in, I was in a, a group, I meet on Fridays with a group um, from Barksdale Institute. And it's, it's just, a, it's, there's 160 people in this group. And it's just amazing, all the information that's shared. It's all researchers, all, all the people who who are movers and shakers in the field. And someone brought up, yeah, maybe we should use the word science of literacy. And it got me to thinking, you know, because it's not just about reading, it's about, it's about writing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I asked the membership and they said, yeah, I had a hundred and I don't know, 500 people who said, yes, let's do it. And then I thought, well, I don't know if that's probably, if that's the way to go after I thought about it, I'm like, no, maybe not. So it, it's staying science of reading <laughs> and, um, whether that term is, um, accurate is, is questionable, but you know, reading, when you think about reading, you should think about writing because they are reciprocal skills. So they go together. And do you have to spell that out? I'm not sure. So that's my take. (laughs) Yeah, that's really interesting. I also, what I love about the, I love the Facebook group for so many reasons, but I love that there's always people who are coming on to ask questions, right? Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing I see is people are like, I have this question about something that's happening in my classroom. Um, But I don't know what I love about the science of reading and what I see on your Facebook group is that it's not like there's only one right answer. Right. Like there is science and there are (laughs) some things that we want to follow, but there's also different, different ways to go about doing things. That's right. 
And I, and I, I just love that about your Facebook group. So well, good. Um, you know, I think, um, because I was a practitioner, I can, I think my thinking appeals hopefully to those in the classroom because I, I wasn't yeah, a, a classroom teacher, but I was an interventionist. So, you know, I've certainly worked with quite a few kids and I, you know, kind of think I know what I'm doing with kids. So I understand that, um, the struggles and the questions that teachers might have. So I try to appeal to their needs from my experiences. Um, and, you know, so we, you know, we go through our questions and we vet our questions that are very, um, you know, that, that really answer the needs of everyone, because we have a lot of people who ask, oh, I have, you know, my daughter's four, how do I teach her to read? And, you know, we, we're kind of wondering, you know, maybe that's not the best question to ask. So, right. um, you know, so we try to vet our questions to make them um, that they're going to serve the, the purpose of to a lot of people. Um, so yeah, that's, um, it, it, it's been a work in progress. Um, we're going on three years in August. Um, the first year was, so the first year COVID hit in February, March, we weren't even a year old and it, I, I couldn't believe the number of teachers that run Facebook after after working all day online, <laughs> right? That they get, they'd hop on Facebook. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but our our numbers grew significantly then. And the interest, I mean, it just took off. It just took off. So because of COVID, as, as horrible as COVID was, it, it's really served our uh, our. Um, our needs and not our needs, but um, it really helped move the movement even further. So I love that it connected everyone from all over. There are just, I mean, can you give some stats about that? How many countries yes. or places are represented? We have uh, over a hundred countries. We have uh, the highest number, of course, in the, is in the United States. Then comes Canada. We have people from Australia, New Zealand, um, the Far East, India, uh, Africa. Um, not so much in Europe, which is interesting. And I think that's because of the language barrier. Um, uh, England, um, it, it just is is amazing. Is it, it is amazing. Not only that... Um, because from our page, we've spawned other sites. Um, we've got training reading rocket scientists uh, that was uh, started by Stephanie, Dr. Stephanie let me, Stoller. Let me start looking these up. Hang on. <laughs> we have Science of Reading for Administrators, What Your Teachers Want You to Know. It's Brent That's Conway great. and um, Sharon Dunn and oh. um, Ernie Ortiz. They started that group. Uh, we have Science of Reading Kindergarten, First Grade, and Second Grade, and Courtney Niblick started that group early on. She has 62,000 members, wow. which is amazing. We have Science of Reading for Third Grade and Beyond. Um, and then I started um, Science of Reading Hub for Professional Development, Science of Reading Book Study. Oh, no, sorry, and for 
professional development. Um, and I, the reason I started that one was because I wanted to take all of the professional development that was being advertised on our page into a separate, its own separate page. It doesn't have very many people on it, um, but maybe after this podcast, it might, I'm hoping. <laughs> and then someone started science of reading book study, which was, is great because yeah. we need book studies on this. And so someone took the, you know, took the ball and ran with it. And I'm so happy about that because it yeah, takes Donna, a village. I'm, I'm wondering even how we can collaborate with them because we are interviewing so many authors coming up soon and doing our own little book talks. And that might be something fun to connect with. So you'll have there to put us go. in touch. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what's so fun is to see, um, and I hear this almost on a daily basis, people writing to me or you know, making a comment about how much, how much the site has helped them and their kids. And it's, and, you know, I'm going to do this and this and this. And, um, it just makes me so happy to see the movement is spreading through the schools and through teachers and yeah. administrators and, and professors. It, it's really, really catching on. And who would have known? <laughs> you could you could have done this with a book, Donna. <laughs> right? And books are just, you know, they're stagnant. You write it and you're right. And I'm not a writer, so it worked out really well for me. <laughs> now you just need to like partner so that you get paid for this group. <laughs> like partner. Oh my gosh. Right? That is so true. I mean, well, so what happened my first year, um, we did a book study and I we made money. And um I did it for um Dr. Haugen and Dr. Susan Smart. We we did a book study on their their assessment book and um, foundational book. It, it's a, it's an actual um, textbook and it, it was excellent. So we did a 10 week, 10 week book study. And that's when I didn't know what I was doing with zoom. I had no clue. <laughs> so that in and of itself was just an accomplishment for me <laughs> because I am not a tech person. Anyone can attest to that. So uh, that was our first year. And I personally made money. I don't need to make any money. I don't want to make any more money. So um, I took over the Literacy Task Force of Northern Wisconsin is now the Literacy Task Force of Wisconsin. Got, we dropped the Northern. Um, and so we, we serve the whole state of Wisconsin for professional development. Um, we have our own Facebook page, of course. Oh, that's another thing. I mean, there's like I think there's 46 states in the United States that have their own science of reading um, face, Facebook page. So only four states don't have one. Yeah, I was like, who are the four? <laughs> we got to get them I, I can't even remember. I mean, it's like, but you know, it takes work to keep your page going. Oh, for sure. As you well know, um, it's just, it's, it's work. And so teachers are busy and, but um it spawned all of this energy throughout the states to get and around the world. Um, the, Canada has a lot of sites now and science of reading sites as does um, there's one in Brazil. There's one. Um, they're all over. I mean, they're just all over. It's so cool. <laughs> so I, I don't think we asked you this 
went on our pre-call, but I'm going to ask you it anyway. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, if you know how many questions you might get a day that you have to approve, and what are some examples of the most asked questions? Oh, that's like a good one. Type okay. of question. Um, so the posts, the number of posts varies depending on um, if it's a holiday, if it's a day of the week. So Saturday is the most active day. Um, and the most, <laughs> it used to see, now this is interesting because I have seen a shift in the questions being asked. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so like last year, every other question was, is this the science of reading? Is this the science of reading? They is just that, do you mean like different curricula? Where curriculum, they techniques. Is this the science of reading? It was, it was constant mm -hmm. because they just didn't know. Right. And now we're seeing a lot more strategic, well thought out um, questions that are very specific. Uh, we get a lot of questions about curriculum, a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I, we're going to you, we're supposed to choose wonders and super kids, which one should we pick? I mean, those just, yeah. you know, they're just trying to pick different curriculum. So we get a lot of those. Um, we get a lot of personal questions from parents and teachers. And I know I said earlier, we usually don't approve those. I approve them if I feel that the information that is um, gathered, the advice that is gathered is going to be beneficial for others. So let's say a teacher says, okay, um, little Johnny scored XYZ on his Acadian score. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. So we try, I try to, um, promote, uh, or approve things like that because that's information that some other teacher could use. But, um, yeah, we, you know, we do get so many questions about, um, what to do. Another one I, I'm seeing a lot, especially because we're bringing in so many newbies is how do I get started? I think that's probably the number one question. Yeah. How do you answer that? Oh, that's a tough one. So <laughs> because it's such a journey, you know, yeah. you, you have to, um, so what I do for when our, we get new members, Facebook has this really cool feature to um, to welcome your members. So you you click on that, and I've we've made a welcome letter. So I give them a welcome letter, and in the welcome letter it says, "Start your journey here." So it has a list of like Pam Kastner's wakelets are in there. Um, the purple crayon is in there. I have um, what else do we have in there? Um, oh, um, reading rockets 101. That's a free course that can take, mm -hmm. you know, just various things that they can pick from that will, um, kind of get, give them the big picture of what it looks like and, and how to start, um, start the journey. That's great. I wonder if, I was wondering if we could link the welcome letter, but I'm like, I guess we can just link the, <laughs> 
the group and then when they join the group they'll get the welcome letter true <laughs> that, that's what and, i was just gonna ask <laughs> yeah you can have the welcome letter it's fine with me and it was, i was thinking of revising it because um you know sometimes you just want something a little different um there's some there's such good information out there that you know, back to your question, what do you advise them? It's like, where do you start, right? A lot of people want to know what book I should start with. What book? What's the book? The and book. <laughs> the book. Um, so, you know, I, I have a book that I like to um, not promote, but suggest because I think about the levels of our teachers that have been immersed in balanced literacy mm -hmm. and they've, they've almost been isolated from learning the science. And so because it's so comprehensive and so detailed, you can't possibly learn it in, in one training. You can't. Yeah. yeah. That's what I keep thinking about. It's just, it's almost like the more, you know, the more you want to know and the more you need to know. I know. And <laughs> like I have my piles book, of my books. My book stack just keeps <laughs> growing <laughs> and growing. I know. Like, like, there's no end to the books or the <laughs> Facebook or, and every post in your community and, you know, in our community, I learned something new and it's exciting to have that opportunity. Like what it a really cool time is in education. I like to call it, it's the world's largest professional learning community. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, it's probably not, but <laughs> I'll make it well, up. I mean, you can say whatever you want on this. <laughs> That's right. So it is. It's the largest it, one I know. So it is right. <laughs> so it's okay. That's too funny. <laughs> Um, we actually had that as a question for you from one of our listeners, which is like, what, what's a great training to start with? Especially, I know, you know, letters is obviously something really popular right now, and a lot of states are doing it and schools are doing it. But <clears throat> as I've learned from your Facebook group, um, individual teachers can't sign up for right. it anymore. So there's a lot of questions of like, so, what can I do? <laughs> yeah, so there are three there are three companies that do have really solid um, beginning literacy training, uh, and they are um, Top Ten Tools, which is now mm -hmm. uh, under the Tools for Reading company, um, Top Ten Tools for Reading Teachers, written by Deb Glazer. Um, the second one is Keys to Beginning Literacy uh, through Joan Sedita's company. And the third one is the AIM um, Pathways to Beginning Reading, I think it's called, or something like that. Um, right. Those are all solid, solid instructional, um, you know, uh, trainings that are, you know, would, I would recommend. Yeah, that's super helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so... Wait, I just realized, Donna, did you say the book? No. <laughs> hold, on, let me hold, it, hold let me hold it up and let me see if I have it sitting right here. I was like, wait, I think I was like, I think I knew what she was talking about, so I never even asked her what the book was. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Can you see oh, is it this one? 
That's going to be my next one. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, is this the one you're talking no, about? No, it's uh, shifting the balance, actually. Oh, that's cool. the one. That's the one I was thinking of. I okay. See, Melissa, you have that one, right? I don't have that one yet. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> shifting the balance is the perfect gateway book for those that are brand spanking new to the science. Yeah. Because it, first of all, the very first five pages is like a, um, it's like a, a forgiveness. Um, you know, it's okay that you didn't know this. And um, this is a process you have to go through. It's, it's almost, it's almost spiritual when you go, when you, when you're reading some of this stuff. Um, because let's face it, teaching is a very personal thing. And all teachers want what's best for their kids. And if you don't, if you were denied that, you might have some tremendous guilt and shame. And we, we can't allow that to happen with our teachers. It's not, that is not what this is about. And so, um, Carrie and, um, Carrie Yates and Jan Birkins, um, did a, a wonderful job just letting people, um, have that forgiveness and allowing them to, to just accept what it was and to move on. And so there's been a lot of criticism over the book because they feel that, uh, chapter five is, is weak because it's still promoting more of a, uh, an MSV approach, but it really isn't. If you dig deeper, it's not. Um, and they've actually done, um, a, after the, after the book on their webpage, they have an after the book, um, tab and they talk about how they, um, with some feedback, they've gotten even more details on what they would recommend for that. So, um, those two authors um, don't have any egos. They are willing to change whatever needs to be changed. And I really honor them for that. I, I, I really respect them for that. Um, yeah. So, um, Lori, you had shown me a book that... Um, that's, <laughs> that no one else could see. <laughs> no one else could see. Should I say what it is? Yeah, go ahead. So this kind of feeds back into the, into what, um, what I think, you know, my site is about, it's called, you know, uh, science of reading. No, what am I talking about? Why our children can't read and what we can do about it by Dr. Diane McGinnis. And she wrote this book, I believe in 97. And I think if you read the book, you can sense her frustration. Um, yep. Yeah, in 97. And her frustration as to what was going on, we know the science, we know all this is going on, but yet none of it's being applied, none of it's being taught. And so she, um, she, I guess she had kind of a rough edge to her. And I, you know, of course, I've never met her, or never even heard her speak, but um, she, she doesn't hold back. And you can see that in her writing. She's very assertive in what she says. Um, but it's basically, this book is about a speech-to-print approach. And people think, well, isn't OG a speech-to-print approach? But it, 
it is, but it isn't. So basically what this is about is about, you don't, you don't, um, use letter names. You just use sounds and you, you, you get rid of the flashcards because everything is about speech. What, what our children are come to school with the ability to speak and the the ability to make sounds out of their mouths. What sound do you hear when you say t? What sound do you hear in tap? Okay, what sound do you hear at the beginning? So it's all about speech. And then you put it to print by writing. So you're you're using a motor act as well as the speech act. And putting those together initially will launch those kids further than if you're teaching them sight words, especially sight words, just sight words, or even the heart word approach, which is so popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw a video from a teacher and she said, um, I'm using this approach that um, comes from the phonographics or the uh, speech to print. And I've tried heart words with my kids. They continue to get them wrong. But now I'm teaching, let's say the word is the. And she says, they write the, when, when you're writing TH, you go th. And when you write the E, you say uh. And a miracle happens because these kids are connecting the motor act of the writing of the letter to the sound coming out of their mouth. And it imprints on the brain so much faster than flashcards or heart words. So I know I'm speaking heresy here. I know that. (laughs) I know that. But here's my take on it as an educator. If I am closed-minded to something that is new or new information I can't grow as a professional. And so it it serves me best to be able at least to be open to this, this approach and to learn about it and maybe even implement it and see if it works. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the controversy over it or the, the, the negativity over it is that there's not a whole lot of research. And of course, science of reading should have research <laughs> backed by it, but I think um, backing it. But I think that's coming, and um, there is some research that that supports it, but certainly not enough. So, yeah. Well, and I think the one that I actually wrote this down on my post-it note, my trusty post-it notes here, because I thought, you know, this idea of science is always changing. Right? Scientists are always looking for the what's next. How do we do it better, faster, right. a different way? And I think it's hard as educators when you're like, okay, well, now this, this is the right way to do it. And then you're like, well, wait, there's going to be another way. Well, <laughs> there, might, there might be another yeah. way. Right. I think it's hard for educators to wrap their heads around it. Well, exactly. I mean, we've got people coming to our, you know, our site, balanced literacy people, and then they're learning that they're, they're being told that OG is the way to go. And, and now, um, and now, oh, wait a minute. There's another way I'm confused. What do I do? You know? So, and I, I appreciate that. I understand that. Um, so I'm treading lightly with this, um, because I, I want, 
I, I want, if there's information out there, I want people to know about it. That, that's all mm-hmm. I can say that to me, that's my duty to do that. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, I think it's so challenging because you want to be discerning as an educator. Exactly. But then you also don't want to make any mistakes that you feel like you may have made in the past, right? Like if you have learned about science of reading and you didn't learn it in college, which are a lot of us, you don't want to make the mistake again. So you don't want to make a left turn to this thing that you're like, oh, I'm not so sure about. But it does feel like the debate over like speech to print or print to speech, when you dig a little deeper, it's like, Okay. Well, we're still all grounded in the core elements of the science and Mm -hmm. what are they? And it it seems like that there could be some benefits to both and let's Mm -hmm. talk about it. That's where I feel like I am in my journey. It feels like it's like a refining of it, not like a we need a, to do a whole different thing. I, I love that, Melissa and Lori, both of you. That's exactly, exactly how I feel. Um, Again, I'd be remiss in not being, if not, not talking about it. I, mm-hmm. I just feel I actually saw a really nice thread. <laughs> Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Um, on your, on your site, on your group the other day of, about just this, right? And some teachers were like, no, don't like, don't, let's not do another debate between speech to print and print to speech. Like I, w- I don't want to have another reading wars about this. And right. I thought it was the responses were really great in there. Uh, it helped me understand it some too of like, of like what I just said, right? Like this is not two totally separate things. These are just like refining some approaches of doing the same thing. Exactly. Um, and I even saw some people who said, you know, like, like, you know, Orton Gillingham has worked for a, re- a lot of students and has been like a lifeline for a lot of students. There just might be a way to do it a little faster. <laughs> well, and that, oh my gosh, that's so true. And that, that's what's spawning my interest. If I can do it more efficiently and more effectively, why wouldn't I learn, want to learn about that? Right. Um, there is a gal that just started a Facebook group called Speech to Print Exploration. And that's all she's doing is trying to learn about this and get everyone's opinion. I mean, this is not just the United States. There's people all over there's in England. There's a company called sound sounds, right? I think it's called, and they've been doing this for years too. So, um, you know, <laughs> we have to be open. We have to keep open minds. Like scientists. Like scientists. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Very good. Right. Don, I'm going to ask you a big question that, again, we didn't ask you beforehand. So, <laughs> Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm just wondering, um, you know, stepping away from just your Facebook page for a bit, but if, if you had, like, all the power in the world and could do just one thing to change education today, and there was, like, no limit to <laughs> what you'd be able to do, what would you, what would be the one thing that you would implement? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, (laughs) There's no wrong answer. I would love for all teachers to have the skill set to be able to reach all of their learners and that all kids, all kids would be treated equally and get what they need. Yeah. I see that that to me is the biggest um, deficit we have right now in education. Um, 
you know, our kids of color are just dismissed. Um, they don't get what they need. And it's because they don't, they live in the wrong zip code and don't have the money to, you know, we have kids that can get thousands of dollars worth of tutoring and that they will be okay. But what about our kiddos that can't? So yeah. it's about equity. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> Are we ready for our five questions? I want to say something before we end. Oh, yes, um, please, please do. Please, yeah. uh, I wanted to say that um, the, our Facebook page is, is a nonprofit, and we, we now are um, called the – our nonprofit is the Literacy Task Force of Wisconsin. And we – because we do so many trainings uh, in a year, we have generated a lot of money through this. And we um, – so, for example, let me back up. Um, in 21, we hosted over 34 free and inexpensive teacher or pre, uh, parent training opportunities. Um, we provided over 191 scholarships to teachers, wow. over $18,000 worth. Okay. And um, so uh, this year we, we are funding $10,000 worth of training through um, keys to literacy of their beginning literacy and their dyslexia course. And so, um, you know, when people are paying their five, $10, you know, for our trainings, it's, it's, it's not going to me, it's going <laughs> to our scholarship funds and, and operational costs. And, um, it's been, it's been a joy to be able to give this money to teachers that want to do better for their kids. So, um, I just wanted to say that that's what we do. Uh, in case people are ever wondering, you know, what, where all that money goes. <laughs> That's so helpful. And Donna, we'll link that in the show notes. It's, um, a couple things came up when I Googled it, but Wisconsin reads. So wi reads.org is, yes. seems like the, the best one. Yes, it okay. is. Um, I was, I was going to actually, um, change the name and I still may, but everyone we're being referred to by some of the districts now as, you know, <laughs> the literacy task force. And I'm debating whether to go to Wisconsin reads. I really like Wisconsin reads a whole lot better. Um, cause it just has, it's just kind of cute. And, and, you know, the, the task force sounds like we're a bunch of militia you know, standing <laughs> there like, okay, just we're taking you on, you know, and in a way we kind of are, but, um, I, I just don't like that. Um, name. So anyway, <laughs> excellent. All right. So, the five questions. Huh? You ready? <laughs> sure. All right. Lori, Lori, you joining me for this one? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. First question, Donna, what do you love to read? So this is interesting because um, I, as a reading advocate, you would think I love to read. And I tend not to read very much. <laughs> but when I do, um, you know, I like stories about people and their lives and, you know, 
ups and downs. I like mysteries. Um, I read all my little science of reading books. So I do a lot of that. But um, there's something about it in my personality, even, um, even as a kid, I just never, I think I'm ADHD, honestly, I think. <laughs> I think I have attention issues because I can't really sit very long. And so I'd rather be a doer than a reader. That's why um, you can keep up with that Facebook group. That's well, true. <laughs> and it, it is kind of cool because the Facebook is like so easy to do. I it's It it's feeds my soul. And, um, you know, for me to sit down and read, it has to be a really good book for me to get, you know, where I'm like, don't bother me. I'm reading right now. So that's, well, Donna, that's as my... an exchange for doing our podcast. I can, if you w- would like to explore audiobooks, because <laughs> if you're a doer, I'm a doer too. So I relate to that. I listen constantly to books, to podcasts. If you need help, I can set you up with your library card on a free library app and you can listen while you oh, do. That's wonderful. So you let me know. <laughs> okay. Deal. <laughs> All right. Question two, what do you love to watch? So because I don't sit very often, (laughs) um, the only, the only show I watch is shark tank. Oh, I haven't watched that in a while. (laughs) I just love that show. So I don't know. Um, and we don't have, um, because we live in the middle of nowhere, we have very little <laughs> access to, uh, you know, all the cool um, s- subscriptions that you can get. Um, we just got it maybe a year ago. And we still don't really watch it. So, <laughs> you know, it's all okay. Good, honest answers. We're good. <laughs> all right. What do you love to listen to? I love to listen to podcasts about education. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm, cause I like to walk cause I, I can't sit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, and, and so I'll just grab the latest something that's out there and, and listen to it. Cause it's kind of cool to, you know, there's a lot of greats in, in education, but there's some people that I'm not familiar with their names and they're just as great as the others. They just, their names aren't out there. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I love to run Donna, so that resonates too. I'm always listening to like some vert, like in the middle of some podcast in lots of different genres, and usually in talking about reading as well. Of course, you know. we'll have to start like a listen list. You know, that's a great idea. I think I think I have one. There's some, uh, one of my members sent uh, this really good stuff that she collected, and I'll have to dig that out. Um, but you're right. Maybe Um, for your newsletter, Donna, you could share a couple of your favorites for us to share with our listeners. So that's what I need to do. That's another thing I need to do is make a newsletter. And I'm thinking you can guest on ours anytime if you'd like. to. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. Open invite. We're gonna we're gonna have some collaboration after this. I'm writing it down. Listen list newsletter. Let's do it. I I want to do a newsletter because what I was thinking is. we get such good information all the time. And so I collected in my little, um, my little note catcher at the bottom of my computer. I just put all that stuff in there. It could be so simple, just a bunch of links of 
good stuff that came across my desk or the yeah. Facebook page and it could be done on a monthly basis, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, easy. You can miss stuff in a Facebook group, right? Oh my gosh, for sure. <laughs> it goes away in cyberspace and you never right. see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, what else? Oh, is it my turn, Melissa? It's your turn, Laura, yeah. Okay. What is a memory you love, Donna, as a teacher or as a student? Oh, as a teacher or a st- Okay, so, um, so I went to a Catholic school and well, if, if anyone knows, you know, Catholic schools in the sixties were not pretty. It was, it was hard. You know, we, we had a lot of discipline and harsh, harshness. Right. So in seventh and eighth grade, um, middle school, right. But we didn't call it middle school. It was, we never did call it. It was just seventh and eighth grade. I had sister Donna, my namesake, right? So, <laughs> um, so she was young and energetic and, and did fun things with us. And I loved school because, because, you know, I wasn't getting my hand slapped or <laughs> literally, mm-hmm. um, and it just changed everything for me. So sister Donna was, um, I just loved her because she just made life, you know, in a tough time when you're 12 and 13, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> made you want to, she, she saved me, I think, from, <laughs> from my education. So I love that it, her name was Donna. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and she did leave the convent. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was too much for her to, to take too, I think. Right. Anyway. All right, last question. Why do you do what you love for literacy? Oh, well, if you were in, if you saw the, um, the amount of email or, or messages, messages, messages I get from messenger, um, just thanking myself and my moderators for, all the things that we do for them. It's hard to walk away from that. Um, you know, I, I reflect on that often. Um, because how long can I keep this pace up? This is, you know, it's a lot of work and, um, but I do it because there's such a need out there. And I always say, um, I hope things change before I die. So, I'm hoping I got another 20 years on this earth and um, I'm hoping in 20 years we can see some seismic changes that um, it's coming. It's just, it, it's going to be slow. So, yeah. Well, we can't thank you enough for talking to us today, but also for all the work you do, even though you're retired. Right. Uh, really though I mean you are you are leading a huge professional learning community and we we really can't thank you enough for that you're welcome it's an honor it, it, it it's one of those things that um you never know what life's going to bring you good or bad mm-hmm. and this is one of the the I would say probably pivotal for me and um my legacy 
you know, and who who would have thunk? Right. So <laughs> makes me want to cry. It's oh. cool. <laughs> Thank you for your time and um, asking me to be here. I of appreciate course. it. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening, Literacy Lovers. We release a new podcast episode every Friday and share more resources in a newsletter on Tuesday. Sign up for our newsletter at literacypodcast.com. Each week, you'll receive important information, resources, and connected content. We're excited to create a space for community discussion about our podcast. We want to connect with our listeners and support you in answering your questions. But we also realize there are a lot of other educators out there who have great advice and experience too. Let's keep learning together in our Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast Facebook group, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. If the content in this episode helped you, share with a fellow educator and teacher friend. Our Literacy Lover community welcomes educators at every stage of their learning journey. We're so glad you're here to learn with us. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts and guests of the Melissa and Lori Love Literacy podcast in this episode are not necessarily the opinions of Great Minds PBC or its employees. 